five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Jake Bug, just give me a little love. Just give me a little heart. Wow. It's always going to be the same. Well, it probably won't be the same. Um, I'm betting that it won't be the same. Will it be better? I don't know. <clears throat> Will it be worse? Maybe. Will it be worse for a while? Possibly. Will it get better after that? Hopefully. Wow, very intense. I love that song. You know what's interesting about that song is that uh, he's actually like a folk artist. I've listened to other songs he's done. It's, you know, kind of singer, songwriter, guitar stuff, a little twangy, you know, not bad, but nothing like that. That's like, where, where the fuck did that come from, Jake? And I've, I've read like the comments on that video and people are, are uh, they're like, what happened here? Why did you do this? This is not what you normally do, which is cool. Sometimes doing what we don't normally do is very healthy for us. It allows us to um, explore other parts of our nature. How is everybody? I'm back, it's Robert Phoenix and uh, thanks for being here and I apologize for being late. Um, we've got some projects going on. We have projects going on here. So I was involved in a project. That's what was happening. I had to get a trailer. It's a car project. One of my many car projects that I'm trying to finish. I, I finally getting close to finishing one of my car projects, my, uh, my old 1977 Ford Ranger F100 Ford Ranger. Finally got it out of the shop yesterday. What a hassle. You know, I, I was watching, um, was it the garage monkey that show with Richard Rawlings for years. Like, oh, isn't this, isn't this custom car thing cool? Oh man, I want to do that. That's like such a guy thing to do. That's a guy thing. Yeah, let me go get a car and, you know, let me, let me, uh, let me fix it up. Let me tell you, unless you have a lot of money, some of these cars, it's a fucking pain in the ass. Something as even nominal as a, like an old Ford truck, you'll run into weird shit. I mean, one of the things that I ran into was the, the electrical. It wasn't wired like a normal fucking truck. And so I burned out a bunch of wires. I mean, it, just, it was a mess. But this is after I put a bunch of work into it. Like it was getting ready to hit the road. And all of a sudden, all the wiring goes south. The brakes go south all at once. This is all pre-Mercury retrograde. So I'm probably going to have to sell the truck because I put so much money into it. I don't want to put more into it. I don't want to put more into it. So I think I'm going to sell it. Even though it was one of those, it's one of those trucks you drive down the road and like every third dude wants to buy it. I've had people come up to me and ask me if I want to sell the truck. Now that it's running, now that it's stopping, um, I just have to hook up the, um, the, sh the shroud on the, radiator I'd probably sell it 
And maybe I can make back what I put into it because I put a lot of money into it. And it was going to be my kid's car. He wasn't into it. He's like, nah, nah I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get a, a Hyundai. I'm like, oh, okay. In fact, well, he got the Hyundai. He, did, he didn't tell me. It's okay. I mean, you know, we don't live together. Then he asked me if I could sell the truck to pay for the Hyundai. I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I love you, but that's not what the plan was. So I've got this other car that I'm working on, another project. And this one is a, a, an RX-7. It's an old one. And I bought it in California without any engine and without any transmission. So, you know, it's a rotary. I'm here, I'm boring you with car talk today, but that's why I was late because I had to get a trailer in town to um, haul this car, haul this RX-7 because I got a, I got an engine for it and whole nine yards, right? And now I got to get it like welded and bolted and all this shit. And it's going to, it's going to cost me a lot of money. Um, so that's what I've been up to. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to sell the truck. It's a 1977 Ford F100 Ranger. If you want to buy it, you let me know. Unfortunately, I'm not going to give it away because they're rare. You can't find these trucks anymore. And I put a lot of money into it. That's the least of our problems though. Cause we've got some, We've got some shit on the horizon that's coming. Maybe I should change my background. I didn't realize that my background uh, kind of looks the same as my shirt. I don't have a lot of backgrounds, though. Sometimes that's the way this thing works. Sometimes all my backgrounds show up, and sometimes they don't. What else could I do today? I could do Planet of the Apes. Uh, I did 1984 yesterday. I could do UFO. How about the UFO background? That's kind of cool, right? little UFO technology. How is everybody? You doing all right? We're getting into uh, Chattaria in a moment. Check in with you. Um, strange times. It, 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 it occurred to me what's going on yesterday. I, it's not like I finally figured it out, but you know, there are stages of crystallization that occur. And I think I hit a stage of crystallization yesterday about uh, what's happening. We'll get into it. It's not pretty. It is not pretty. I can tell you that right now. But we'll get into it. And um, this is it, man. We are in endgame. I should have the, the Avengers endgame thing here. Should I do that? Should I go Avengers endgame? Because that's what it feels like where we are. We are in endgame. Let's see if I can find it. I could be able to find it pretty easily. Let's see if you go to a different browser. Jake Bug. It's always gonna be the same. Avengers Endgame. Isn't that with uh, that uh, Thanos guy? Played by Josh Brolin, I think so. I've never seen it. I've never seen the Endgame movie. It was like putting putting the 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 end of the Marvel universe, wasn't it? It's like once they did this, they recast everything as holy woke. Oh, look at this! It says the Avengers Endgame is a bad movie, trash. You know, I think so. I've never had a desire to see it. Spoiler alert, don't they kill Iron Man? I think they do. I think they kill Iron Man. Maybe I won't change the background. I'll leave it to it. I'll, I'll go with the, the cool UFO DeVille. That's the UFO DeVille. Do you think that they have like luxury model UFOs? You know, do you think they have like the Cadillac and the Lincoln Continentals UFOs? Do you think they have like the Hyundai of UFOs? How would you like to be the planet 
that has the Daewoo of UFOs. You kind of cruise around the galaxy a little bit and all these other planets and star systems are like, look at that fucker. He's got a fucking Daewoo UFO model. And your whole planet is kind of embarrassed. But I mean, even a Daewoo UFO is probably way better than what we have here. Well, theoretically, I mean, based on what we what we know, right? In terms of the technology. Um, how is everyone? Are you guys doing okay? Yesterday there was another shooting, but before we get into that, and what I think the end game is, let's check in with you guys. Thanks for being here, and um, thanks for waiting. I appreciate your patience wherever you are. By the way, that uh, the thumbnail is a play called Endgame, and it's by uh, Samuel Beckett. Kind of an odd thumbnail, but I thought one that was better than perhaps the Avengers. We got my man Thomas Jordan here today. There's Empath. There's Sony. There's Thor at the door. What's going on, Mr. Steve? Yes, my mother is here. I fetched her from Austin yesterday. Nobody uses the word fetch anymore, really. The the, the fetching connotations are are perhaps a little degrading, right? So what does a dog do? A dog goes and fetches something. And then there's the uh, the slave connotation of step and fetch it. Nobody, I think fetch is one of those one of those words that has gotten a, a bad rap. Key Gong, what's going on? I was thinking about you. Hope you're well. There's my man, DJ MC, Maestro Michael. How are you? Checking in from the 415 or the 707, wherever he is. Mr. Key is here. There's my friend. How are you doing, Cece? Good, good to see you. Ryan, the head of the International Woodworkers Union. What's going on, Ryan? Uh, Miss Nikki. KNS, Chris and Steve, I'll give you a call today because uh, you guys are supposed to go live tomorrow with me here. Well, not here, but on the other channel. Unfortunately, I will not be able to do tomorrow's show because of all the, the pomp and circumstance, all the fanfare, all the falderall. That's another word that's not used enough, falderall. Today, we'll, we're bringing back fetch and falderall. Let's fetch some Falderall. Falderall sounds like a drug, though, now, doesn't it? Today, on the USDA's list and the FDA's list of dangerous drugs, Falderall. There's a Falderall epidemic in the United States, and it's only just begun. Uh, who else do we have? Wendy says, what's going on, Wendy? Uh, let's see. Arlene Vega. Good morning to you. I love it when Arlene says good morning. Family. You know, you guys are the best. You guys are, are like the heart chakra. I should call you like Hartaria or something like that. Heartlandia. I got to figure that out. You guys are the best. Jake, what's going on? Gucci to go. It's going to have you. Look at that. Good morning, man. Look at that. You guys are fucking beautiful. Kelly B's here. Kelly B, the lover of that 80s pop. I want, I want to know what Kelly, what music Kelly B is into. So I played Jake Bug this morning. And then here's Jake Gucci the Goats. Was that because of the garbage? Uh, let's see. Thanks for the late start. Okay, we're not public for. Long haul COVID. What else do we have here? KNS, you can call me Wendy. I'm full of hot air. Oh, that's pretty good. Seagird. What's going on, Seagird? Checking in from the UK. Good to see you. There's my man, Double M, Mark Matheny. Who else do we have? It's only gonna be the same. I like that song. That song kicks ass, man. Scrubbies, what's going on, Tamara? We got name checks now. I love the name checks. I know Robert likes to get my opinion now. Kelly, of course, your opinion is important. Kelly, you are the resident music critic. 
Um, let's see who else do we have here. He needs a <laughs> shut up and eat the bug. You're fucking funny. I know, right? Shut up and eat the bug. I think they're having a trial where kids are actually being introduced to, to crickets in their school lunch somewhere in the UK. What is it? Is it Scott? I think the Scots are ready for bugs. I think the Scots are ready for bugs. Give the Scots the bug diet. Oh, look, Kelly B says, never heard of him, but it wasn't too bad. Thumbs up, Jake Bug. Tudor Village, Great Park. Uh, let's see, Project for a New American Coop. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Is your Ford Ranger EMP proof? Wendy says, yes, it is. It is a 1976. I think to be completely EMP proof though, I think you need to have a diesel because diesels don't have spark plugs. So it's more EMP proof than a, uh, a, a, a truck or car with a lot of electronics and some form of motherboard and computer. But it's not as EMP proof as say a 1981 Mercedes diesel. Let's see who else do we have here. Did anyone ever listen to Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers? They were great. They were really, really great. People always try to buy my old Land Cruiser. Shit. Land Cruiser is the way to go. If you've got a pre-1990 Land Cruiser, the, the, the sweet spot years for the Land Cruiser were 87, 88, 89. Those three years, money, money. You know why? They've got the uh, uh, iron, cast iron block engines. They just, they don't overheat. I mean, they can, but even if they do, a crack in the block is really, really hard. Those things are just tanks. And they're very, very in demand in places like Egypt, in the Middle East, North Africa, the Middle East. They're um, Bedouin buggies. They love them because they run forever. Green bottle. Yes. Yes. Let's see. What else have here? Sea uh, Pines. What's going on? New foster dog. And she's full tilt boogie. Oh, good. Wren. What's happening, Wren? Catherine Kramer. We got a good house today. I look cool in that background. The UFO background. Sorry, Robert. Remember meeting that truck? Yeah, you've seen that truck, right? Finally. Fuck. Cremo, you had some good comments at the end of yesterday's show. Really good comments. Equa's here. What's going on, Equa? Good to see you. Rocky, I think the UFO thing is uh, is coming. My, my transition to a chandelier. I thought I was a Canticleer or a Chanticleer. Can I be a Chanticleer? A little buffering here uh, keeps cutting out. Oh Christ, not Avengers, please no, no. Uh, let's see who else do we have. I'm stuck in the '60s and '70s music. I've never heard of Jake Bug until now. Yeah, everything uh, that that is uh, connected to his music is really kind of folky, except for that. And honestly, I like. That was pretty kick-ass. Where, where would Thor be without Loki lurking? Well, he'd probably be where he normally is, here. Hucklebuck411, what's going on? You look fetching, used to be a compliment, right? I think fetch is a word that we have to bring back. Stop, stop trying to make fetch happen. Fetch, Middle English, fetching from Old English. Fetching, to bring up, to seek, gain, take. Apparently, a variant of felon or fatlin, bring near, bring back, obtain, induce, marry. Fetch needs a comeback, I'm telling you. People think I'm speaking another language because I use a turn of old phrases, probably proof of the dumbing down. Yes, absolutely. Beth Berry, what's going on, Beth? Did I, did I say hi to you yet? If I haven't, there you are. Uh, let's see. Anybody, anybody, did I miss anybody? Go on, scrolling twice. 
Everyone three times. Three times. Qigong, she's here. I've seen her. Yes, 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 yes. All right, we're all present accounted for. Yeah. The Avengers, the, the, the old Avengers were cool, man. Really cool. I, uh, I used to watch that show back in 1967 with my old man. 66, 67 was great. It was so weird, right? It was so fucking weird and campy and weird. A lot of you go back and you watch a lot of the Avengers and the prisoner stuff. There's all kinds of crazy esoteric and occult shit going on. It was like MI6 and Tavistock were like, let's have some fun with this. Let's let's do a little show and tell the people. And I think that's what happened. Uh, especially the prisoner, which I think is one of the greatest TV series of all of all time. And Patrick McGowan is He's the man. He's just totally the man. Okay, um, so we're all present account for. Thanks for being here. Um, we got to do a little shout out as I do every day for the show sponsor. And uh, that is, let me just get to it. True Hemp Science. True Hemp Science. So I have a, uh, I have a gummy story. And apparently I've been taking too many of them. I was doing three gummies and I, I guess that's like a, an epic dose of the gummies before you go to bed. So then I cut it back to two. And then uh, Chris told me that, well, if you take two or more than two, if you take too many, then the effects begin to taper off. Like, oh, that's interesting. So I went to one gummy last night and it was fine. I got I got the desired effect. You know, I've got Jupiter and Sagittarius in my first house. So my motto has been anything worth doing is worth overdoing. But I did cut back on the gummy, and last night I had one and it was perfect. 30 minutes later, boom, boom, out go the lights. So you can get all that more uh, at True Hemp Science and uh, some of the Finest CBD I've run across. And as I've mentioned before, when you support True Hemp Science, you support Christopher Lynch, you support his business, you support his workers, you support this show, right? You support your body. Uh, it helps with inflammation and all kinds of other things that uh, CBD, we're still, we're, I think we're still discovering a lot about what CBD can do. So if you get $100 or more, um, 15 mins, that's your code down there, 15-M-I-N-S. And uh, you should uh, you should get some free product. I'm still getting Chris, trying to get Chris to work on an exclusive blend for this program. We're working on it. And with a, maybe even an exclusive label, how cool would that be? It'd be really cool, right? So fingers crossed. I had a I had a couple epiphanies yesterday. And one of the epiphanies is the end game thing, which we're going to talk about. The other epiphany is beginning to tweak the programming a little bit. Because I usually talk about things I'm interested in, if you haven't noticed already. And I'm going to start to look at um, kind of radical health and alternative health, primarily with a focus on slowing down the biological clock, reverse aging, right? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna start to dive into that a bit more because some of the stuff that I've been reading is just absolutely fascinating. And uh, it, you know, when you get onto something, that thing gets onto you. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe it's, it, it, Maybe that came a lot a little weird, but you know what I'm saying? Like once you are on the trail of something, that thing, you're on, now you're on that, that thing's trail. Like th that's the, this interesting piece of the causal universe that we don't really know a lot about, but we can intuit. And it's a very exciting journey when you begin to kind of go down these, you know, different highways and byways and you allow your attention and your intention to guide you, then all of a sudden all these things begin to come up. It's the way it is. 
So if you're into a certain thing, right, you're into a certain thing, uh, and then you put some energy and some intention behind it, that, that thing begins to address itself to you in your life. So I've been thinking more about like optimal health and reverse aging, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into that a bit more. So more of my guests on the Friday show are going to reflect that because I want, I want, I want solutions in the, in the, the, the ground zero is your body. It is your body. And if we want to make a change to the world around us, we make a change to the body. We make a change through the body and consciousness. This is where the true note in Taurus is. This is where Uranus can really have some revolutionary properties with Taurus, like, you know, revolutionizing the relationship to the body. So that's where the, uh, that's the money shot, as they say in another uh, bodily experience, that's the money shot right now. And I, even with my chart, I was looking at my chart, like, oh, I have the true note in Virgo. It's in the 10th house. Okay. So what I've been attempting to do here for ever since I started this really is to um, address the health of the collective body or the um, intellectual body or the spiritual body, right? Like, let's look at the system. Let's see what's uh, carcinogenic in the system and let's blow it out. Right. That's what I've been doing for a very long time. And, you know, in a lot of different iterations, and I won't stop doing that, by the way. But I think I want to get more specific and more body related. And I've been on my own journey with my body for the last three years. And if you go back and look at where I was three years ago, if you go onto the YouTube page and you look at some of those videos, I look like a fat fuck. I mean, I look fat, I look unhealthy. And the bottom line was I was both. I was fat and I was unhealthy. And it's taken me a couple of years to reach some level of homeostasis. But now I want to be able to explore some more of this material. And, and, I, and I think we're going to tweak the programming um, along those lines because I, to me, it's the... It is the fine. It is the final frontier, and if and if we can, what's what I'm looking for? If if we can begin to master um, consciousness through the body, I yes yes I know you're going to be my teacher, aren't you? You're going to be my. How are you going to teach me without any teeth? Don't you need to have teeth to be legit? You have to have teeth to be legit, I think. But I think that's where we're going to take some of this program because I, it's it's getting my interest. And when when um, it's just starting to come up, right? Like like I said, when you have something that you're attracted to, it begins to attract back at you. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, look at this, look at this, look at. This. And even like the whole buffalo thing, which just started a couple of weeks ago, was crazy, right? Once you go down that rabbit hole, the rabbit hole starts, you know, flashing this neon sign, this neon light back at you. It's like, here, enter here, right? How do you feel about rabbit holes? You've never even seen a rabbit hole. We have armadillo holes here. The armadillo comes out and makes holes in the ground. You're going to get up back up here? Where are you headed? State your intention clearly. State your intention clearly. It says my intention is to get my chin scratched. And don't you stop, motherfucker. You have the life. He was so funny. So last week, uh, the doctor was over here last week and he was on her chest. He likes her chest. Gee, I wonder why. He likes her chest. Last week, last week he went into a fucking trance on her chest. I'd never seen anything like that. He started drooling. Like he drools every now and then. This was like massive drool. It was like eyes rolling back in his head drool. In that moment, like that, that it was like opium. He was like on an opium trip. You were. 
You were embarrassing, actually. You you were kind of embarrassing. That's okay. I understand. All right. Why don't we get into the end game thing? Let me see if I can muster up the uh, the tweet. Let me see if I can find that thing. I apologize because I did get a little bit of a late start today. Um, let me do it this way. Okay, let's start here. This is a good place to start. Biden admits gas and food prices aren't coming down anytime soon. All right. Should we listen to what he has to say? Whoever this... Um, I think we do this. Whoever this um, imposter is. Going on uh, right now, but the idea we're going to be able to, you know, click a switch, bring down the cost of gasoline is not likely in the near term, nor is it with regard to food. There's a lot going on uh, right now, but the idea we're going to be able to, you know, click a switch bring down the cost of gasoline is not likely in the near term, nor is it with regard to food. All right. This is the end game. This is the end game that we're in. President Biden acknowledged Wednesday that Americans would be feeling pain from skyrocketing food and gas prices for some time to come. Wednesday, as consumer costs at the pump hit another new high, the idea that we're going to be click, able to cl click a switch, bring down the cost of gasoline is not likely in the near term nor is it with regard to food. The presidential reporters following White House event with baby formula manufacturers. As Biden spoke, the nationwide average price of a gallon of gas stood at 467, the highest on record, according to AAA. The throw your hands up moment from Biden came one day after Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, I was gonna talk about this, acknowledged that she was wrong about inflation being a transitory problem. This, I mean, this is the person who's in charge of the Treasury. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen finally admitted she was wrong last year when she initially dismissed rampant inflation across the U.S. as a transitory problem that would soon resolve itself. Both Yellen and Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell repeated on several occasions last year that rising inflation was transitory in nature and that prices would return to normal as pandemic-related supply chain bottlenecks cleared. A prediction has turned to be woefully off the mark. I was wrong about the path that inflation would take, Ellen said during an appearance on CNN late, late Tuesday. As I mentioned, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly. That at the time, I didn't, I didn't fully understand, but we recognize it now. Look at these morons. There's Jerome Powell. There's Janet, I've got my mask on, Yellen. Uh, what's said is this. Yellen expressed confidence in the Fed's plan to cool inflation and added that the Biden administration would act to assist their effort where possible. They don't plan on doing anything. And she knew exactly what she was doing. She knew exactly what she was saying. They know exactly what's going on. They know exactly what's happening. They are, we're in a war. This is a war and it's a war of attrition. And just look at everything that started with COVID, which was the shot across the bow. It's like, here you go. Shot across the bow. We're going to shut down the economy. We're going to shut down the economy. We're going to de-incentivize people to work. That was, that was a big thing. The de-incentivization to work. Major. So people get their, you know, their little paltry sum. Was it $1,500? Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait for my $1,500. Meanwhile, corporations are getting $150 million. You know, the ones that are quote unquote important. Ridiculous. So people have been de-incentivized. 
Then you had the layoffs. The layoffs are there. Why? Well, you got to get vaccinated. You've got to have a shot. You've got to have a booster. I'm not going to do that. Well, you're not going to have your job. Sorry. Some companies backtracked. Some companies to their credit. And you know, one of them was was Southwest Airlines. They were like, "Shit, we gotta we gotta do something about this, right?" And now the airlines themselves are in a better place because um, the court has the court in Florida. They said, "No, they your pilots, your, your staff, the people on the plane, they don't have to wear a mask." How about that? And the Biden administration is like, mm, "I don't think that's uh, going to work." We need them to wear masks. So they'll turn up the heat in the airports because that's their space, theoretically. But on the planes, it's a different story now. But that's what they did. They, they began to collapse the economy. And we haven't, we haven't recovered from that. It was huge. It was a major, major downturn. Meanwhile, the cost of properties has skyrocketed. And one of the things I've talked about is short-term rentals. And short-term rentals have been weaponized against, and some of you may have a short-term rental, that's fine. I don't, I'm not here to demonize you. You can, you can, you know, you're free to make money however, wherever you can. Um, I would say within the reasonable limits of the law, but even that's not true. So I'm not going to, you know, as long as you're not, selling uh, fentanyl to fifth graders or the pictures of fifth graders to dirty old men, right? You know, I'm not going to judge by and large how a person makes their money. First of all, it's none of my business. If it impacts another person and impacts a person in a, in a really dangerous way, well, that's all the story. Um, but, but we've seen the cost of things just go through the roof. I'll give you an example. If you're in Fredericksburg and you happen to own just a regular, say, two-bedroom, two-bath house, nothing really fancy, but it's your house. Meanwhile, around you, all these properties are fucking going through the roof. Sales-wise, what's going to happen? property taxes are going to go up. That's what's going to happen. And every single year, that's what's taking place. So for people who have tried to get in on the, the house game and the property game, they're, they're being, some of these people are being priced out of their ability to, to afford a home and a modest home. Well, they're like, well, just sell your home. You'll get a lot of money for it because somebody wants to buy your home and they'll turn it into a short-term rental. What, what are those people going to do after that? They're not going to be able to live in the same town, I guarantee you. And a lot of these people have roots and they have family and have connections. They have friends. They don't want to leave. You know, They're not like rootless cosmopolitans, okay? So they don't want to leave. But if they did, they'd have to go to a lesser place because they wouldn't be able to afford another place in this town. And that's what happened to me a year ago. I got I got priced out of my rental. And the people that wanted to, that owned the place that I lived in, they got in on the game and they, they cashed out at the peak of the market. I don't blame them. Smart business. And the people that bought the place are, you know, part-time Airbnb or sometimes they rent it out and sometimes they come down and at least they come down here and hang out and spend some money here. I mean, could be worse, right? And sometimes they uh, rent their place out. It's the American way, but it's but but it's been weaponized because now people can't they can't afford to pay their property taxes, and this is for a city that, by and large, um, is not known. For, I mean, the schools here are okay. Usually, when you have a new school and a kick-ass school. Your property, your, your property value goes up because your property taxes go up. You have to pay for the school. 
And when that happens, people are like, oh yeah, well, our property values are gone because we have a brand new school. And it's, you know, you guys know the game. But that's been weaponized. And now people can't afford to have a reasonable rental. The prices of rentals are through the fucking roof. Like if you want to have just a basic two bedroom apartment to live in, that's going to run you about $1,500 a month now in most areas. Some areas may be a little bit less. You're going to be living in kind of a crappy area. It's the way it is. So there's that. Then we got the gas prices. Then we have the reason why the gas prices are happening. The reason why is because the railroads are telling Flying J and a lot of these companies that they can only transport 75% of the normal fuel that they can carry. The same thing went on with fertilizer. The railroad said you can only transport 75%. We have to we have to do uh, you know dock you twenty five percent of your normal load, so that's they're artificially creating a shortage. That's exactly what's happening. The petroleum companies are making a shit ton of money. They're not going to complain. If they wanted to, they could probably bring gas down to three dollars a gallon. They could do it nationwide. California, you got to pay a bunch of taxes and shit. So that's a little bit different. But it's being weaponized. You, now in Austin, you could only get like $74 worth of gas. The pump shuts off after that. It's not even a full tank for some people. So they're rationing gas now. And it's just going to go up, right? The railroad company is like, no, Sorry. Um, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to get your, you know, the amount of gas we need you, that you're normally used to getting. You're not going to get it. So then what happens? So then the other thing is that there's this uh, chemical, this uh, additive that goes into diesel, which helps make diesel diesel. We get, it's also connected to fertilizer. You get most of it from Russia. That's not happening. So what's going to happen is that the cost of diesel is going to go through the roof because they've got to get it from some other place. They've got to pay more. It's going to be uh, uh, more in demand. So the price of diesel goes up. What happens then? The price of food goes up. And the price of food has gone up shockingly. I remember when I first moved to uh, Austin, you know those little avocados? Those little avocados, by the way, sometimes they have veins in them. Kind of gross me out a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like, why the fuck is this vein in this avocado? I always try to get the one without the veins. It's a little creepy. If you know what I'm saying? Like It could be like a weird GMO thing. So when I, when I, was, when I first moved to Austin, those avocados were probably around 48 cents a piece. They're almost always under a dollar. I'm like, this is great. I love it. Those avocados now are a dollar eight for the tiny ones. If you want a big avocado, you're paying like three fucking dollars for an avocado. Maybe more. If it's organic, it's more. A dollar eight. And I think it was about three weeks ago, those avocados were 68 cents. They've gone up 40 cents in like two weeks. And it wasn't even incremental. It was like 68, 68, 68, 108. Like, holy shit. Then yesterday I was at HEB. I've noticed that there were more holes in the shelves. It's like, oh, interesting. Went to the, the area in the produce section, like the organic produce, wiped out. Totally wiped out. They're busy restocking. We're pretty good. HEB is pretty good here in Texas, I have to say. I've heard horror stories about some other stores. But um, this thing is starting to re. So we've got high property tax, high cost of renting. Uh, if you're going to buy a place, you're in competition with BlackRock. You're in competition with Vanguard. You're in competition with the Chinese. They're, they're buying up residential property. 
So you get into a bidding war with these corporations and they will lose. I know somebody that got into a bidding war, I think with BlackRock and they outbid BlackRock because even BlackRock has, it's like, okay, we're not going to pay over this for this property. And they could afford it. And they said, fuck you. We're going to outbid you. And they did. And they, they beat out BlackRock. So you can do it, but you're going to have to pay for it. And that's, a, that's for BlackRock, that's a, not a big deal. Well, they just move on to the next property. So cost of food, way up. Cost of fuel, way up. Um, the cost of the additive for diesel, way up. Manipulation of the supply chain. And that's through the, um, that's through the railroads who have a relationship with BlackRock and a number of other people. Dor Dorothea sent me something yesterday. I wanted to, I wanted to have that, uh, that the, the uh, little piece of info that she sent me because it details who these people are, the relationship with Obama. Um, the, so this is a, a controlled demolition of the United States of America. That's what, this is what's happening. And everything is through the roof, everything. And it's, and it's intentional. And, it, it, and in some parts of the world, it won't be the same. Some parts of the world, it'll be business as usual. Like if you went into um, Santa, I think Santa Domingo, right? Which is the capital of the DR, Dominican Republic. Um, you would find some cheap shit there because they can't do what they're doing here, there, everybody would just starve and crime would be like way off the charts and it would be even worse than it is. Okay, so let's get that out front. But here, this is a controlled demolition. And the idea is to make things so expensive. So what are people gonna do? If you don't have an increase in your income, and by the way, if you're gonna try to keep up with what's going on with cost of living, you're going to need to make 20 to 30% more this year than you did the year before. And who's going to give you, if you're working, who's going to give you a 20 to 30% raise? You may get a raise, but you're not going to get a 20. You might get a 10% raise, maybe 15%. But this thing's a moving target now. So by the end of the year, your 10 to 15% is probably reduced to about 5%. And after taxes, maybe it's about two or 3%. So that's what's going on. And what do people do? How do they survive? They live off their credit cards. They start putting things on credit. And so we'll, we'll just get another credit card. We'll defer everything. We'll defer the pain. Well, at some point, the pipe, you know, it's time to pay the piper. So if you rack your credit cards up, what else is going on? You're basically being priced out of life on the planet. That is the end game. Being priced out of life on the planet. What if you can't afford to make your home payments anymore? That's possible. What if you can't afford to pay your property taxes? That's possible. What if you can't afford basic necessities of life? That's possible. And people are going to be in very dire straits which is exactly what they want. This is an economic war that's being waged against the people on the planet. So what are they going to do? They're going to come to you and say, well, guess what? We know everybody's hurting. We know you're hurting. So we're going to zero out your debt. And you'll, you'll be um, forgiven for your debt but you'll also have to sign everything over to us. It is a very, very fair arrangement. We, we would own everything, you'll own nothing, but you'll have no debt. And you'll be able to be fed and get food and, and eat our wonderful gourmet bugs. I mean, that's what's happening. They're going to put people in a pincer. That's what's, it's like one, it's a pincer. And the, and the walls are closing in. On one side, 
you have the crumbling economy, right, and the cost of living. But then on the other side, you have the social pressure that goes along with it. And the gun thing is a big part of it. By the way, there's no shooting in Oklahoma, a gun state. And um, it was in a clinic. Of course, it's, uh, I'm not sure what kind of clinic it was. Was it an abortion clinic? I don't know. I haven't had time to break it down. But this is all part of it because there are people who have positioned themselves to be outside of the shocks of the system. And there's more than you think. There are more people than you think that if everything collapsed in a week, they'd be okay. There's more than you think. I would say in this country, and I'm just going to use this country, I would say quite possibly 10% of the population would be like that. And if you break down the numbers, it's, if we have, what, 300 million people? So you're dealing with, uh, what, 30 million people? 10% that could outlast the um, downturn. Yeah, I think I think that's probably about right. And that's where the whole gun thing comes into play because they need to take the guns. Because there are people that are not going to give up their shit. They're not going to give up their property. Their property's paid off. Like, fuck you. No, I'm not going to do it. You know, and they need everybody all in on their system. So in order to get their system implemented, they'll have to, if you're not going to play by the system and say, okay, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and, and I'm going to get my, uh, you know, my, uh, my, my bug allotment each month, and I'll, I'll live in a, you know, 200 square foot place with somebody from uh, Ethiopia right? Or uh, Senegal or wherever. Senegal's not too bad. You know what I'm saying? Or I'm going to live in a 200 square foot place with uh, somebody from El Salvador or Guatemala. Because that's what they'll do. They'll say, well, you're, you're living with this person. This person's living with you. you got to figure it out. Those Because at that point, they will have the ability to dictate the terms and conditions of how you will live your life and you will live that life or else you will be cut off. You will be cut off from whatever it is that's keeping you alive. And then they'll incentivize people. They'll incentivize people who will really go all in on the system. And that includes things like, uh, you know, snitching and, outing people. Oh, I know this person and they have some extra food. Oh, I know this person and they have some nine millimeter, nine millimeter ammo. Oh, so good. Here, let's throw you some social credit. Oh, thanks. Yeah. You'll be, guess what? You'll be able to afford a hamburger this month. Really? Yes. We'll send you one via drone. So this is what's happening, right? And they, this is what they want. They want to be able to essentially bankrupt the entire fucking planet. And they're well on their way of doing it. That's, this is pretty clear. This is the end game. Because when people get overextended, they're not going to be able to pay back their debt. They're not going to be able to pay back their loans. All the student loans, all, all, the, all the strings that are hooked into people. This is what's happening. This is the end game. And the gun part will be, well, you want some meat? Get up your guns, right? Like, like this is going to be, like they'll try to legislate some of this, but the you know the American people, are they're not going to go for it. There'll be people hold out. They'll do all kinds of shit. And then at some point, they're going to probably have to do some physical removal of firearms, if that's what they want. And that's when it will get ugly. And they may even, you know, stage some bullshit thing with a, you know, a uh, red flag or something like that. And, you know, you got a Randy Weaver situation and all of a sudden it's like, see, see, we got to do this. These people are dangerous, right? And it's all being connected to 
Christian white nationalism. That's the new theme. And I told you guys, I told you that this is where this was going, that they were going to, to morph this thing. And, and by the way, there are people who are in that camp. It's not just a meme. There are people who are decidedly white Christian nationalists. Now, are they racist? Are they misogynist? I don't know, but they're in there. They're in there. And then you have the, like the whole dominionist group with Ted Cruz and Mike Pence and Amy Coney Barrett. I mean, these are, these are the charismatic Catholics. These, these are your handmaid's uh, tale people. They are, trust me. And they, and they all come out of the Jesuit order. So they're creating the situation. Like I said, I was on Twitter and some guy was trying to get me to go to fucking Fox News and read their comments. Like, who the fuck do you think I am? Like, I don't even watch Fox News. And if you have any kind of remote ability to smell things out, you know, that shit is fake. Most of it's fake. Most of it's either bots or trolls or uh, alphabet people or people from other intelligence agencies trying to get in and dismantle the core of the United States to demoralize people, to create this idea that there is a toxic, racist, fascist, like thread running through this country. And they may create it. They may try to create it, but by and large, my experience is that's just not true. I've been in Texas now since 2012. I've been here for 10 years. I've been 10 years in October. I've been around a lot of people, both in terms of social settings, situations, bars. Can I tell you how many conversations I've had with Texans about race and about the superiority of one group over another, zero, zero. I've been here 10 years. And you would think that of the red states, Texas is the most red. It's not, by the way, pretty red. I've had zero conversations with people about race. Like I've never had a conversation where somebody said, well, fuck this, you know, fuck this group and fuck that group and fuck this group and fuck that. Never had it. And I've talked to a lot of people. That's my boots on the ground relationship with what's going on socially. It's not there. At least not here. Do I think America has a race problem? Yeah, I do. But it's not the one that you're thinking of. It's not the one that you're thinking of. It's a reverse race problem. And that's, of course, also, you know, fodder. That's grist for the mill. As people hone in on the replacement society, as people get closer to the truth, as people get closer to that third rail, that's when you see the most blowback. So you're going to see a lot of blowback now because people, we're, we're heading towards this nexus point. Where, where people are starting to figure things out, fucking finally figure things out. And the closer we get to that point, the people who are doing their best in order to corral us and move us into like a post-reality reality, uh, they know that this is happening. So they're going to do everything in their power to demonize, create ad hominem attacks, right? So it is really, at this point, a, a war on consciousness. It is a war on um, the narrative. I'll give you an example. Real quick, negative get out of here. Um, what's my show going to today? Where are we? Where am I? 1042. Okay, I got seven minutes. All right, I'll, I, I'd like to play this for you, but I don't have the, I don't have the audio. So last week I went to a city council meeting. The first time I've ever been to one. Well, first time I've been one of the new city council. The first time I've been one in a long time. I kind of, I kind of move off that block, and 
The reason I was there was twofold. Number one, it was the new regime. Uh, number one, it's new regime. Number two, um, James McDonald, who I ran against. This is the guy who uh, called me a cult leader. Right? I actually like James, in spite of the fact that he saw me in, a, I think, a very derogatory light and one that was uninformed. Besides that, um, people wanted him. Okay, so what happened was, okay, I gotta, I gotta break this down in a short, short amount of time. Kathy O'Neill, who was a city council member who got elected during the election that I ran and James McDonald ran and Tom Marshall ran, she got elected, not many votes, maybe a little over 400. James was not far behind her. Kathy being a Democrat, of course, she crushed the mail-in ballots, of course. Um, so James ran again. And what happened was that Kathy O'Neill set this thing up called the Neighborhood Association. And the Neighborhood Association was a group of people that theoretically were against the proliferation of STRs. And then Kathy O'Neill set that up. The Neighborhood Association had three candidates that they, I believe they drafted. I think they drafted them. So it was a guy who was the mayor before and two people who have some experience in politics locally and at a state level. Those three people won and they won convincingly. Like they doubled the votes of other candidates. And it's because they had a voting block. It was the neighborhood association who was started by Kathy O'Neill. Then as soon as the election's over, Kathy O'Neill resigns. Oh, isn't that interesting? Kathy O'Neill had already been living in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I knew that because I found her name on the real estate rolls. I found it five months ago. She wasn't showing up at meetings. The rumor was she had left and I found it. She's there. Easy. So had she announced that she was leaving before the election, well, there's a really good chance James, James finishes third. He's in. He gets in. He's the guy. They didn't want him. They did not want him. They have an agenda. And, you know, for all of James's, uh, you know, what I would call belief warts, I think he still is a good candidate. And he's smart and articulate. And I went there to say, hey, look, I think you should bring this guy on. And, and I was a little, you know, sometimes I get a little intense. And um, I said, well, it's pretty clear that Kathy's not here. She's leaving after the election. Uh, it's pretty clear that you guys were helped voted in by the Neighborhood Association because I saw, the, I saw the card that got sent out to everybody, very nice card, and the Neighborhood Association sent it out and they were recommending all three of you. So you have a voting block and Kathy helped establish that voting block. And now she's leaving. It's a little cynical. It's a little cynical. And I said, if you want to be transparent and get your, you know, get off to a good start, you should name James. He's a different voice. Sometimes you need a different voice in the room. And that was, you know, a little more intense, I think. And I said, you're going to lose the room. If you do this, you're going to lose the room. Well, they didn't care. They did not care um, to, they didn't care about what I said. They didn't care about what anybody in that room said. 95% of the people wanted James to be named as a city council member. And I knew going in that that wasn't going to happen because the mayor had had a conversation with my friend Jeanette, whom you guys have seen on the show. And he told her, not going to happen. Half hour conversation, not going to happen. They have an agenda. They name somebody else. And then the mayor came out and he said, you better be very careful about making accusations. I can make whatever the fuck accusation I want. I'm connecting the dots. And it's not that hard to see. And he didn't like that. He didn't like the fact that, that people could like track what they're doing. And so he said, we will not be bullied. He was the one in that moment who was the fucking bully. And so now they're, this is what I'm talking about. This is the spiritual war. This is controlling the narrative. This is the fight that we're in now. And the more that I, I, I wrap my head around it, the more that we just got to get sideways, right? We got to get sideways. 
and give them less of a target to hit. That's my feeling at this point. We got to give them less of a target to hit. And that's one of the reasons why I'm going to get more into the optimal health stuff. Because number one, it's going to be helpful. Number two, we're going to have to unlock the body. Like if we're going to deal with these people, we're going to need like fifth dimensional magic to deal with these people. Truly, trust me. It's the only way that we're going to be able to like get through this and um, operate from a higher level. We're going to have to operate higher than they are, but not as some kind of blissed out, like serene thing, right? Like really intentional and really subatomically altered, changed so that we are way more effective than we've ever been. All right, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for being here. I will not be here tomorrow. Krimis, you're going to call for me. Um, we'll not be here tomorrow. It's graduation weekend. <laughs>